Hello, this is the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Cranson. This week brought another announcement of a groundbreaking step in new mobility. Governor Whitmer and Director Dan Eichinger of the Department of Natural Resources and Director Paul Adjiba of the Michigan Department of Transportation were joined by officials from the Michigan Economic Development Corporation and private industry at Holland State Park to announce the installation of electric vehicle charging stations at state parks up and down the Lake Michigan coast. This follows the launching of a series of other initiatives, including an inductive charging, meaning in pavement pilot project in Detroit, the Lake Michigan electric vehicle circuit and others. I'll be speaking with two people who work to make the latest program a reality. First, the always energetic Trevor Paul, longtime friend of the podcast and Michigan's chief mobility officer. He'll put this in perspective for other things in the works related to vehicle electrification and his work bringing together private industry and government to find solutions. Later, I'll speak with Ed Golder, who directs communications at the DNR, and he'll talk about the deployment of the chargers at state parks. But first, Trevor, thank you for being here again and talk about why this is significant. First of all, I'm not just a longtime friend. I'm a best friend. I'm not sure <laughs> the podcast has a better friend. You're right. I love it. I, I will introduce you that way from now on. Please, thank you. So anyway, the question. <laughs> oh, sorry, I missed the question. I didn't. I was yeah. so I was like thrown off that I was not the best friend. Um, yes. Can you re-ask the question, Jeff? Yes, I, I'd like to ask the best friend of the Talking Mission Transportation <laughs> Podcast to put all this in perspective and tell me why this announcement's significant. Absolutely. Um, so you are just experiencing one drumbeat of an entire song of interesting projects that do a couple of different strategic things. Um, first of all, range anxiety is a big deal for electric vehicles. And usually that really becomes top of mind when you go to more rural areas such as parks, um, other parts of the state that maybe aren't as populated. Um, and you're usually when you're in those parts, you're, you're never too far from a state park. And so to begin to um, install these stations uh, in into places up and down, I think Lake Michigan, but also touching around the Great Lakes, you begin to see the vision come to fruition around um, making sure that people feel confident anywhere in the state driving an electric vehicle. That That's big. Um, also, what's really cool about this announcement is it's a partnership with Rivian. It's, it's sort of the blending of um, our efforts to grow our industry and our, you know, the, the, the companies in this state and, and also community vitality, make sure that the technology being developed here can actually be used here by Michigan residents. So, um, you know, granted, yeah, sure, Rivian has has some people in California, but they also have hundreds of people here in Michigan. And I think they're showing a commitment to the state by, by partnering with us here today. And frankly, that, I mean, the state isn't covering the cost of these stations. Like this is industry coming in and saying like, hey, we support this. We realize the importance of charging infrastructure. Um, and the other thing is you don't have to have a, a Rivian to drive or to, to charge. Um, you don't need to, I'm gonna say it again, you don't need to drive a Rivian to use these. These are publicly accessible chargers, which is the most important part. Yeah, so can you talk about that more broadly? I mean, does that mean just about any kind of plug-in vehicle can use this charger? Yeah, I mean, these are level twos, um, no cost to the state or taxpayers to, to install them. It's an open network, adopt a charger. Uh, which is a national program that it installs and maintains will uh, run these chargers and the goal would be to grow over time grow this partnership over time talk about the levels uh, of charging um break those down yeah, for us. sure um so uh level one level two is I'll, I'll just be quite simple i mean it 
it's going to take you a longer time to charge, um, potentially a few hours, depending on how much charge you need. And then a DC fast charger would be something you could do within, you know, 30, 20, 30, 40 minutes uh, or within the hour. Um, and that that really is, I mean, where we're at currently, I think those minutes and those timeframes are going to go down as innovation. Uh, you know, there's interesting things coming out of Purdue right now about the actual cord you use to charge, where if you can keep the cord cool, you can you can charge a bit faster. Um, and so we're, we're constantly monitoring those those different innovations in, in the hopes that we can bring them to Michigan. So we saw a story this week out of Axios that showed uh, some some big numbers for uh, electric vehicle adoption in, in Europe and Asia. And there's good reasons for that. Um, gas costs a lot more there than it does in the United States, uh, even with the high prices that we're paying right now. And yeah. it seems that a lot of that is just cultural, that uh, people over there, for the most part, are not fighting about, you know, climate change and whether it's a real thing or not. And yet everything, you know, in our country is is politicized and everything, no matter how common sense it might sound, has a has a counter argument. So what do you think needs to happen to get the kind of adoption for electric vehicles, you know, here that we're seeing overseas? Time needs to pass. Um, you know, I think we need to take a step back and realize how we've designed our society, our American civilization over the last 100 years. We've spread ourselves out and we've done that in a way that has provided each of us the opportunity for more land. Um, our cities are able to spread. We're able to build more new things, but the cost of all of that it's harder to roll out innovation, even under one flag. And I think what you're seeing in America is blue flame, the, the perfect point where public sector urgency and interest and resources are aligning with the private sector. That actually happened last year, but it's now gonna take, I think, a good decade to, to sort of roll this out in a way that doesn't leave anyone behind. Um, you know, I. I just I think that you know a lot of times Americans drive more because our transit systems in many parts of the country are less developed. In Europe, they're more developed, so people have more transportation options. And so we we do have. I mean, if we're going to have an electric vehicle, Americans are probably going to use it more. And you have to consider that when you think about our grid and the infrastructure, the roads that we're going to use, and that just takes time. So honestly, I think we're well on our way. I mean, your the commitments by industry show that. Uh, by 2035, it's going to be hard to find a nice vehicle to buy new, um, and that's something to consider. So, you know, it's just we're we're America, man. Freedom comes comes with has to come with patience. <laughs> uh, that's that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, well put. I think you're right. I think we have to counsel patience, but I think it's also important to remind people that, and as you pointed out, this is not some huge financial investment on on taxpayers' part. It's just government using its existing resources to help support private industry. And, you know, what is still our biggest industry and some of the biggest employers in the state saying, this is the direction that we're going. Um, you know, our our forecasts say that this is what people are gonna want and we've got to be there. And as a state, we've got to support that with, with charging infrastructure. So, you know, where do you think we'll be, you know, 10 years from now in terms of electric vehicles on the roads? Um, yeah. I. I think that we will largely be on our way to fleet transition. Um, I think cities uh, will 
continue as as the Biden infrastructure plan dollars continue to flow through the system, cities will accelerate the the level of charging infrastructure installation, the management around it. They'll figure out the revenue channels, um, so it won't just always have to be non dilutive. Like you can actually make an investment and see some returns. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but a lot of my my friends in my family are interested in electric vehicles, but maybe they if they're a two car family, they'll have one ICE vehicle and one EV vehicle. I think we, we could be there in 10 years with le- leaning in on people feeling like they don't need to own an ICE vehicle anymore. Yeah, and that, you know, the range anxiety is still a very real thing. And right. it's like one of those things, like the more you talk about it, the more you cement it as a phenomenon, instead of saying, maybe starting every sentence with, look what we're doing to reduce range anxiety or or to eliminate it, I guess. Yeah. So uh, put this in, in context of the Lake Michigan EV circuit and, and uh, you know, where this fits in with what our neighboring states are doing in partnership. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the state park announcement today is, is a node, right? It's a node on this Lake Michigan circuit that we're, we're building out. Um, we've been hard at work with Michigan State University and the Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy in charge of Michigan, um, optim- or creating an optim- site optimization map that allows us to create a, an actual route people will use, but then also accounts for the different unique edge cases that we have whether the grid is um, reliable, but maybe not as powerful, or maybe there's no grid at all. Maybe we need to rely on renewable energy a bit more. What does that look like? I mean, we're, en- we're nearing the end of, of that phase of the project, and I think you're gonna begin to see more of the announcements like you're seeing today, where we're, we're locking in the nodes at key places, uh, near tourism clusters that are gonna continue to sort of promote this idea is the great American clean road trip, you know? <laughs> like, that's the idea. Um, that's, that's pure Michigan, you know? Um, so I, I think this puts us in, I think this is very much a example of, of, you know, when the governor announces something like things happen and today things are happening. I don't think I've heard it put that way before the great American clean road trip. Did you just coin that or I just borrow? thought of it? It's I'm, my, I'm on my second cup of coffee. I, I like it. I think, no, uh, yeah. I'm good. Like the third, I get a little twitchy. But second, I'm in, and first I'm not up yet, but the second is magic. I'm very lucky to have found your, your sweet spot. Telling you every morning, you can get me during this 15, 20 minute phase. Like you're going to, you're going to be in for a treat, my friend. Well, that's awesome. So, uh, and this doesn't mean, you know, a shower at every rest area. (laughs) No. Clean energy. I like it. So you, you've told me before, Trevor, about, you know, how important the collaboration is and how we bring together, you know, both these private industry partners, but also the, the different state agencies that have to be involved. And, um, and this is a, a good example of that. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I, I love this state parks partnership and this, this announcement today of charging stations and state parks, because it's how government should work. And, and frankly, like, so my office of future mobility and electrification, it's a new office and it has to fit within offices that have been around for a really long time. And, you, you know, you had our office sort of talk to, to Rivian and, and sort of begin to sort of visualize what a partnership could look like. And then DNR and MDOT took it to the next level. And, and now we're here with the governor involved. It's like, this is collaboration. This is a whole of government approach. And 
you know, I, I just, my, my team member, Charlie Tyson, man, he is, he is a workhorse and, you know, I'm, I'm just so proud that he's there today to see his work play out. So, um, you know, this is, this is how it should work, Jeff. Yeah, no, that's really, that's really well said. And I'm glad that, that MDOT, you know, doing their part with the, the roads and the infrastructure can play a role. And obviously I don't think we even dreamed a couple of years ago that the DNR would, would be involved. And we've got the national park service announcement, you know, that we made uh, earlier this spring and uh, obviously Eagle is involved and MEDC and of me, it's all great. And I, I think it shows a, a whole of government uh, approach to what is going to be the new mobility. So thanks as always, Trevor, as promised, I'll be back in a minute with Ed Golder from the DNR to talk about the state park component of all this. But yeah, thank you, Trevor, very much. I'll talk to you later, Jeff. Bye-bye. Stick around, there's more to come right after this short message. No, before you go, head on over to MyDrive to check out the latest on road construction and possible delays along your route. For a detailed map, head over to michigan.gov drive. So again today for our second segment, I'm going to be with Ed Golder, who is my counterpart at the Department of Natural Resources. And this is a bit of a reprise because Ed and I used to talk on a, another podcast in another lifetime back before everybody and his dog had a podcast. So, Ed, thanks for taking time to do this. And, uh, you know, go ahead and, and explain why this is a, a big deal and, and why state parks are going to be home to electric vehicle chargers. Yeah, well, first, Jeff, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, it does feel like old home week. We were podcasting before podcasting was cool, I think. So um, it's it's fun to do this again. Um, so yeah, I think Trevor uh, did a great job laying out kind of what we're doing at state parks. I wanted to mention a couple other pieces. He talked about Rivian and uh, their, their important role in all this and adopt a charger and their important role. Um, in addition to that, uh, a couple of the other important partners here, ITC, uh, so it's uh, an electric transmission company that will provide funding for the electrical use of chargers uh, at these um, uh, at the parks so that there's no cost to taxpayers for that. And then Consumers Energy, we're very grateful they're going to provide funding for upgrades to the electrical systems at some of our state parks uh, that will be necessary for the installation of these EV stations to occur. Uh, you know, some of our parks are remote and don't, uh, don't necessarily have great uh, electrical infrastructure at this point, so they're going to help us with that. And initially, we're going to look at having 15 locations across the state. Um, uh, over the next couple of years, including 14 state parks and one state fish hatchery. Um, and the, the locations are going to be, uh, you know, up and down the, the Lake Michigan shoreline. Um, so, you know, every place from foreign, foreign dunes in the, in the southwest part of the state to, um, you know, um, Grand Haven and Holland and um, Charlevoix and Petoskey and uh, Ludington and Orchard Beach and all the way up to um, uh, to Wilderness State Park uh, near Mackinac City when we're done. Um, so um, we hope to get most of those locations done this year. So it'll, it'll be a pretty comprehensive uh, system on state parks on the on the Lake Michigan coast, right? Yeah, I mean the whole idea here is to help people, uh, you know, who are electric vehicle owners, make that that beautiful drive uh, up and down the the coastline, uh, which which uh, is one of the great features of natural resources in, in the state. 
Yeah, and that's part of the Lake Michigan EV circuit uh, that incorporates um, our neighboring states too. Of course, our our fervent hope is that the people from those neighboring states come to Michigan to use our chargers, and that you know nobody leaves. <laughs> that is our fervent hope. We it's it's been true that a lot of people have been coming to our state uh, and using our state parks. Certainly, um, you know we've seen a 30% increase in state park usership um, since since the pandemic started. People. Uh, more than ever want to get outside um, and and that allows them a way to do that. Oh, we saw it with with trail use. Um, you see it even in, in local parks. And, and uh, yeah, if yep. that's one of the things that came out of the pandemic, that people rediscovered some of these these great, uh, these incredible outdoor assets, then, then I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, so, it certainly is. Yep. So today's announcement, um, if I remember correctly, uh, at Holland State Park, the governor's there with your director, Dan Eichinger, and uh, the MDOT director, Paul Edgeva. Is uh, is Holland still the busiest state park in your network? It's one of our busiest. The busiest would be Belle Isle Park in Detroit, of course. Um, but, uh, but in terms of parks up and down Lake Michigan, Holland, Grand Haven, Ludington are certainly up there in uh, in users. Absolutely, um, you know anybody who's been there on a busy summer day knows that uh, that that's a very popular place to be. Beaches. So I'm, I'm remembering our uh, our reporting from days before Belle Isle was a state park. So yeah, I guess it makes sense that that one would actually right. visit visits. Right. You know, one of the one of the neat things about this whole thing that I just wanted to point out, Jeff, is is just this long time relationship between, um, uh, you know, between the road network in the state and uh, our, our car companies in the state and um, and state parks. Um, you know, state parks were founded in 1919. That same year, the state legislature authorized the, the highway department to sell tourist maps. Um, and then later those maps included, you know, um, state parks and campsites and ferry schedules and all that stuff. And I was I was just going back through the record yesterday and I wanted to share this with you. Very early, the Michigan Department of Conservation, which is the precursor to the DNR, uh, in its 1923-24 biennial report, it talked about the increasing number of automobiles, the extension of good roads, and um, increased efficiency in production that was creating more leisure time for people. Uh, and it it says it, it said questions that arise on this are where are they all going? Where should they go? Where what shall they do when they get there? And it talked about how we need a system of state parks to accommodate that increased mobility and and increased leisure time that people had. So this is really just the next evolution in that long time relationship we have with roads and cars in Michigan. So I want to make it clear that you were responding to needs. You weren't programming people. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. Yep. No, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool history. And I, I think, uh, you know, it. <laughs> You, you can't overstate the, the love that people have for the, the state parks. Uh, I remember one year we did a story <clears throat> on the most popular state parks for people in the Grand Rapids area. Um, and, and it was all over the state. You know, it wasn't just those on the Lake Michigan coast. I remember uh, Burt Lake was, was one of the tops. And uh, do you see a time coming where all of these parks, wherever they are, Upper Peninsula, Lower Peninsula, all have charging infrastructure? 
you know, that's the long-term vision and goal. Um, this is this is the first step. Uh, we hope uh, that will that will get us there. Um, and um, obviously, uh, this is part of a larger network, as you and Trevor talked about, of uh, of uh, trying to reduce that range anxiety people have who drive electric vehicles. Yeah, that's a- absolutely a big part of it. Well, make the case for why this is a, a good use of the the resources. Um, there's, you know, you're going to get a lot of questions about the investment and, you know, why is the DR, DNR investing in this? And you made the point that this really isn't costing taxpayers uh, any boatloads of money. But, uh, you know, what's what's your uh, your your best use case for this? Well, uh, yeah, let me let me go back to the, that point. Uh, I mean, really, those partners we mentioned are. Um, are covering most of the costs of installation, maintenance, um, and um, you know uh, the electricity that'll be used, and even the extension of your, you know, the upgrading of the uh, of uh, the electrical systems at our parks. So, um, you know, that's that's already being covered. Uh, but really, this is part of um, a larger overall effort at sustainability that we recognize as integral to our mission at the DNR. You know, we're about managing and protecting the these precious natural resources in Michigan that as you point out people love you know people in Michigan this is part of who we are and so you know it's not just this um, in, in addition to um, these EV charging stations we announced today uh, that utopian power partnered to uh, to put um, solar panels on roofs of buildings at Holland State Park. Um, we've put solar arrays at some of our fish hatcheries um, in order to offset the, the huge energy load that those hatcheries take um, uh, in order to, to rear fish. Um, and Talk about that a little bit. Why, why is that such a power drain? Uh, because you've got you've to keep uh, water moving. You've got to keep uh, water temperatures at certain levels. And so, um, you know, we, we manage six state fish hatcheries and they take about 15 or 20 percent of our overall power in the state, wow. and, you know, and we have 103 state parks across the state. So that just gives you a, an idea of how much uh, how much energy those require. So we recognize that, uh, you know, that we could do that. We're selling carbon credits on state managed lands and uh, we're, we're helping promote mass timber construction. So that's construction of large buildings using timber, which is a more kind of sustainable way to to build those structures. So. This is all really part of a larger effort to um, to recognize that that we have to have a, a, a role in our own operations in um, in being sustainable. Yeah, that's excellent. Anything else you want to say about today's announcement? I mean, it's uh, it's it's a great partnership, uh, private industry, government, several government agencies. Like I, I said earlier, it's a it's a whole of government approach and what what Governor Whitmer has been asking for. And I think she's got to be pleased to see. Uh, all these agencies working together so closely. Yeah, and 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 the and the private public partnership here. I think that's all just outstanding. I, I'd recognize too uh, the the investment the governor and the legislature are making in state parks generally. You know, we've got just roads aren't the only infrastructure in the state that need upgrading. Our state parks have a huge backlog of infrastructure, and they took some of that American Rescue Plan money and they put it toward. Uh, toward upgrading infrastructure at state parks. And so as we do that, we're going to look for ways to be more sustainable as well. So um, so this is just part of a of a great investment in these um, these places that people love and where they make lifelong memories in Michigan. Well said. Well, I appreciate it, Ed. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty cool and something to celebrate. And it'll be interesting to see uh, how it goes as we roll these things out at, at more facilities. Great to be with you, Jeff. Thanks. 
Thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I would like to thank Randy Debler and Corey Petey for engineering this week's podcast. To subscribe to show notes and more, go to Apple Podcasts and search for Talking Michigan Transportation.